You're listening to Rosie on the House. Come on around back of the house. It is 8 o'clock, so we're in the outdoor living hour here at Rosie on the House. We're talking about anything and everything that you plant, grow, water, fertilize. Hey, we'll even talk hardscapes. Anything outside the house is designated to this hour. And you can join the conversation at one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you You can text questions to 411-923, or you can email info at rosieonthehouse.com. In an effort to be every Arizona homeowner's best friend over the last couple of years, we've been rotating in a number of different hosts, and I screwed up, and actually I've got multiple scheduled today, and it's one of those things you couldn't have planned it to be any better. We've got right? a fabulous host. Oh, my gosh. Uh, no panel kidding. Here. We've got Greg Peterson of the Urban Farm. Yay. We've got Jay Harper of Hickman's Farm Fresh. that actually supplies product to Tanks Green Stuff, who's up here from Tucson. Emily Rocker that makes soils rocky. Sorry. What did I say? L-E-R, Rockler, rocky. <laughs> you correct me. <laughs> Emily rocky. rocky. So happy to be here. Thank you. And you guys, uh, we'll start a little bit with you because you're probably uh, – the newest concept to a lot of our listening audience, especially people that are outside of Tucson, very well established name in Tucson. But tell us a little bit about Tanks Green Stuff. Sure. Well, Tanks Green Stuff makes organic and natural garden and landscape products made from recycled materials. Um, we have a, a fabulous certified organic compost that's our pride and joy, and we put that compost into many other products, mulches, organic potting soil, um, the Farmer Greg's Mix, which we'll talk about today, a collaboration with the Urban Farm. Um, so we're based in Tucson, but we have bagged product all over the state of Arizona. We're selling bulk material also in Phoenix. And we're growing quickly, um, both in the backyard and on the farm. And, Greg, you've mentioned a few times you guys have been working on a Farmer Greg's bag from Tanks yeah. Green Stuff. And sitting here in the conversation, Jay said, well, you guys put a lot of our Hickman's Farm, the Farm's Choice product, into Tanks Green Stuff. So we've got a, a really organic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> organic and organic local. Organic and local. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it is the beginning of fall season, and we, we're spending the entire month talking about uh, planting and growing it. It's the landscape month. We're actually uh, featuring – we covered the story earlier in the at the beginning of the month, but a lot of our radio affiliates didn't hear it because we were preempted with the coverage of John McCain's mm. uh, funeral. So the 10 o'clock hour, we're actually going to be talking about places to go see – Throughout Arizona, before you start planting oh, the botanical yeah. gardens, Arizona uh, Desert Museum, the We've urban got farm, the urban farm. So we have a lot of destinations and and road trips to take, this landscapes to see. So before you mm-hmm. start planning or remodeling your landscape, here's what you can go see in the state. So we're, we're redoing that one in the ten o'clock hour, but right now, in the eight o'clock hour, let's talk about vegetable gardening first and soil prep. We've got how many years of soil uh, cultivation here in the room? Oh, my gosh. Uh, more and multi-generation. care to admit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so one of the big topics I love chatting about in Ignazium, people get tired of hearing about it, is what is healthy soil. I never get tired about it. it. Oh, oh, there you go. About hearing about it, not talking about it. And I want to know what Jay says healthy soil is. Well. I'll put you on the spot. You know, I mean, <laughs> healthy soil is is – is a good biological 
uh, functioning system that mm-hmm. has lots of organic material in it, uh, that has the ability to, to grow and thrive the plant material that you choose to grow in it. So whether that's landscape plants right. or vegetable gardens or edible trees or fruit, you know, uh, you know, whatever you choose to plant. It doesn't have to be just, I think people think healthy soil, they just think in my vegetable garden. Right. That needs to happen around your oak tree. Absolutely. Your Palo Verde, your bird of paradise, or your vegetable garden. So yeah. it's, a, it's a functioning system that's going on in, in the soil. soil. Yeah. So um, organic materials are vital to that. And when we live in the desert, we don't have much of that. <laughs> you have something to say about that, don't you? So. Do you know how how much organic material is in the soil in the desert naturally by percentage? Just, just naturally by percentage? No, I wouldn't. I, yeah, Less than 1%. Yes. I was going to say it's about 1%. Less than 1%. And across the country, it's more like 2 to 10%. So we're really yeah. low here. We have to Which add Which is that. why people want that black, you know, that mm-hmm. Iowa. They come in and want, I want that black dirt I had in uh-huh. it. Well, mm-hmm. you can't have that. Here, unless you add it, <laughs> right? You got to make that here. It got made by nature, by God back there, because there was lots of plant and animal life, and lots of rain and moisture, and exactly. things were breaking down in the soil, and that's why it's dark. It's got lots of organic material in it. Yeah. Ours doesn't. Doesn't mean it can't grow stuff. I mean, Maricopa County, before our housing explosion, was in the top ten producing agricultural counties in the United States. It grows wonderful product and plants mm-hmm. but it needs a little help it needs a lot of help gotta gotta give it a little soil supplement to get it started and what do we add i mean you say across the country it's up to 10 percent. i mean are we trying to get to 10 percent? are we trying to get to 50 percent? are we trying to get to here's here's a little statistic according to the nrcs the natural soil and conservation service if you add one percent organic material, you will save 20,000 gallons of water per acre. Really? 1%. Wow. 20,000 gallons of water. So not only is it vital for making a healthy living soil, organic material is vital for saving water. And as we get more critical and more critical in our watering situation, we need to really consider the addition of organic materials, Mm -hmm. mulches, composts, manures, Mm -hmm anything that's organic Mm -hmm. into those soil Mm -hmm. uh, systems. Because you're providing food for the microbes that should be living and thriving in our soils. And when you have the microbes there, you have all the other things that are coming into balance, porosity, aeration, nutrients. And so that all contributes to the way that water is held in the soil. So that's why a little bump in organic matter feeds the microbes, feeds the soil and the whole system. And often, often what I'll do at the urban farm is I'll take six inches of compost, put it right on top of my garden beds, and plant. So I'm adding a significant amount more uh, to my gardens. And in that compost, what percent of that is nutrient? Oh my gosh! I mean, it's all it's all considered a nutrient. It's it's um in various stages of decomposition, and like for example, a piece of wood would have way less nitrogen than say alfalfa hay or something like um, Hickman's chicken manure. Um, but it's all valuable, and especially in the right ratio, that's something we can talk about more. You know, what's the right 
form of organic matter to put into the soil, but um, it all is valuable. It all provides food for the microbes that break it down, thereby feeding our plants. And if I bought a bag of Tank's Green Stuff or a bag of uh, the Farm's Choice, which actually you guys have a pelletized uh, product now that's out in my citrus orchard as we speak. Uh, Do you ever go back and test that? Okay, we've tested the natural dirt. Now we've got this organic matter we've put together. What's our percentage there? You bet. Yeah. Um, Speaking of testing, we test our organic compost every month. Um, We create about 36,000 cubic yards of organic compost every year, certified by OMRI. Organic Materials Review Institute. Um, we also adhere to the U.S. Composting Composting Council's highest um, seal of testing assurance program, so that requires us to test it every single month for a full panel of nutrients, pH, salinity, maturity, making sure it's completely composted and not hot, as um, you know, one might say if it was not fully composted. So it's rigorously tested as well as every day, temperatures, um, oxygen, uh, moisture, all that is monitored very closely. We are passionate about <laughs> our compost. Well, I want to just point out something here that compost is different than fertilizer. That's you know, right. The, the, the chicken fertilizer from Hickman's is different than compost. They're two different things, and I'll have let them speak to that. But those are two different things, and you want to add both, I say. Cool. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And, and we do make a compost as well that's composted chicken manure. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's a whole set of rules and regulations to be able to call it compost. And then you asked about nutrients, and I think what you're thinking in the way a lot of us have thought growing up conventionally, you got those three numbers on a bag of fertilizer that, you know, the nitrogen, phosphorus, potash, you know, and you're thinking nutrients. And those are all nutrients, but also there's micronutrients that aren't listed in big numbers. And and there's, you know, we have to change a little bit of the way we think when we're talking about organic systems versus conventional systems to some degree as far as what are the nutrients. I have a I have a friend who's a golf course superintendent that says carbon is the new nitrogen. So we have to think about adding mm-hmm. organic materials to the soil, which add and then develop their own system or healthy soil, which creates, which creates its own nutrients in a way, as opposed to just adding them synthetically or conventionally with, you know, conventional or synthetic nitrogens, which the plant uses the same way. But the soil treats it differently. Yeah, and it's actually not created. What's happening is, is those microbes are mining it out of the dirt that you have, the breaking it down. Correct. So the plant can down. use it exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the carbon is a really big, important food source for those microbes. So it's all coming around. It's all coming together. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie, for you, if you'd like to join the conversation, Gary's in Mesa, Glenn's in Glendale. We'll get to those questions after this. Uh, you can text questions to 411923 or email if you have a little bit of help with uh, picture or plant or insect identification. You can snap a picture and email it to info at rosieonthehouse.com. And we'll also talk about, all right, now that we've got this soil, what this time of year are we putting in it? And when can we expect uh, to start enjoying that?
right, let's get to Glenn first. It's actually a text message. Jay, he's been waiting all week for you because he uh, was asked this question last week when Eisenhower was in Talking Trees. But his question is about pumpkins. And they're about six to eight inches high with buds starting. And he feels that he, he needs to add something there. And they're not, you know, we've got the giant pumpkin con- weighing contest a few weeks away. <laughs> His are only six yeah, to eight inches. Yeah, not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the giant pumpkin thing, if you're going to do the giant pumpkin thing here, those guys germinate those seeds in, at Christmas time, start them inside, grow the pumpkins all winter, and harvest their pumpkins in May. Um, that's just to, in Phoenix, Arizona. If you're going to try and grow a great big, big pumpkin, that's just when you, how and wow. when you have to do it. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Whoa. So you know you can't do the conventional pumpkin at Halloween time mm-hmm. and have a huge pumpkin here because it's just the heat would kill you. And um, I think, and I don't think he's looking to compete to that. No, if he's but, just trying to grow a, a fall pumpkin, convent, you know, a, a prototypical. This is when I want to have it, you know, plant the seed in late July, early August, grow it into the fall. Certainly he needs to probably add fertilizer, organic fertilizer like like Hickman's, like tanks uh, uh, would would be great. And, you know, especially while the soil is still warm, that's when your organic fertilizers are going to be at their most effective. So I would, depending on what he uses and how much he uses would depend on the frequency, but not knowing what he did to his soil originally. Certainly I would have a layer of compost or shredded bark mulch or something on top of the soil around those to keep the soil as cool as possible, keep the moisture levels as optimal as possible, and add organic fertilizer on a timely basis right up through the time of harvest for pumpkins. Now on a one pumpkin vine, if you wanted something good for carving, you know, about twice the size of your head, does he have to worry about thinning the the pumpkins off of that to make sure he gets a couple? Perhaps. Um, you know, you would obviously watch and see how many there were on that. Probably not so much if you're just trying to grow a carving-sized pumpkin. That's what those guys do to get the great. They allow one fruit on a mm. whole vine so that all that energy goes into that one big pumpkin. Um, for carving size, probably not so much. But I... I think he's going to have a really hard time just, you know, growing one, as you explained, twice the size of your head. In time for this. Well, even here, period. It's just, you know, most of the pumpkins I see that are grown here when they're grown, I'm talking in Phoenix at, at our elevation and our heat that are growing to that time. You know, if you get a good basketball-sized one, I think you're probably doing great. Okay. All right, let's get to Gary in Mesa, who's called in at one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you, Gary. You got a lot of great experts sitting here in the studio, so if oh, you have yeah. questions after this, you know, <laughs> okay. I don't know what to tell you. How can we help you? Okay, uh, I have experimented with growing sweet potatoes. I have a, a, a probably a six by sixteen foot fenced-in garden to protect it from our pet rabbit. And uh, I planted these things, some from the, the shoots, you know, you put a sweet potato in the water and all that stuff, and some sh- shoots that just plain shoots, they rooted when you put them in water. And I put a few of them in there, and now it looks like, good grief, what are all these vines? <laughs> it's covered everything. Oh, yeah. It's growing through the fence, and, and I, I, 
I think I planted them at least three months ago. I, uh-huh. Like a jerk, I didn't write it down, but I I planted them when the when the Harper's uh, list said to do it, and I don't know when the har- when when and how do you harvest the things? Well, they're probably not going to be ready till Thanksgiving time ish. Really, you know, a lot of times. In an ideal world, you would wait till the vines kind of frosted back a little bit. That's right. And then you would know, okay, it's time. That may not happen here. We- <laughs> yeah, it hasn't for the past three years. <laughs> Depends on that. But uh, I would say your target is probably between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's really? What, that's what I would target for yeah. harvest time. On, yeah. Online it said four months, and that sure, that sure looks like it's healthy and it's going to grow forever. Well, yeah, they do. Well, they're vigorous. Yeah, and in fact, you see – Ornamental versions of those now is one of our main summer bedding plants around the valley. I don't know about Tucson, but Mm -hmm. the ornamental sweet potato, the chartreuse and the dark purple colored vines, they're so heat tolerant and so vigorous um, that they make a great ground cover, a great colorful uh, cover crop, basically, for our so we can plant our geraniums well, and petunias in and the fall. Here's, here's the other extraordinary thing about them. Um, I, got, I recently bought one of those temperature gauge guns where you can shoot at the ground. In my front yard in August at noon, I pointed that at the ground, and the soil temperature at the surface was 140 degrees. Six inches down, it was 120 degrees. Ten feet away from that area, I have sweet potato vines growing everywhere. And underneath the sweet potato vines, it was 89 degrees. So what I'm finding is that when we're planting vegetables in the summer and fruit trees and those kinds of things, we need to cover up the soil. Mm -hmm. And sweet potatoes is a great thing to cover up the soil with. Plus, then you get to harvest some sweet potatoes. Absolutely. Also, the squash, like of the three sisters, corn, beans, and squash, the squash's purpose is to create shade. It's to add a, a mulch. So that's why the three things work I together. knew there had to be a use for squash. There's a huge use <laughs> for squash. certainly isn't in the kitchen. No, I'm with him. <laughs> man. Finally, a use for squash. Ground well, so cover it's, for so the it's living mulch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and we can talk more about mulch because that's one of my favorite subjects when go. we come back. We'll talk mulch. We'll get to the five components of healthy soil, and we'll take your question at one 767 4348 That's one 888 rosie On a beautiful Saturday morning. It is the nice time of year. You know, 100 degrees right now feels a lot better than 100 degrees in May. You know, there's just something about how, <laughs> how that... Off, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the day's a lot shorter, so you know it ain't going to stay that way very long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, leaving the house this morning. Beautiful. It was like 77 degrees, oh, right? Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, gosh, this is, this is one of those times where you wish you didn't have to go inside and work all morning. All the stuff you could get done out in the landscape. And garden and yard, and if you've got projects you're working with outside, it's one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. We'll have a little bit of conversation about our Bermuda to rye conversion in a little bit, but right now we're going to talk about the five components of healthy, healthy soils. soils. Number one, number one. Well, number one is what you have. It's dirt, and uh, you know as we talked about earlier, if you have only dirt in your garden, um, you have less than. 1% organic matter. 
but it's a really important component because that's where the nutrients are all locked up in. So what we need to do is we need to unlock those nutrients. And as we've spoken about already today, unlocking those nutrients is really just about adding lots of organic matter, whether it's compost in your garden or mulch around your fruit trees. Um, you know, that's so the two the two big components are dirt and organic matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So besides those those two kind of sand, silt, and clay um, in the texture, I think is something we could chat about because everybody has different soil. No, you know, where, whether you live here in Phoenix and Tucson in northern Arizona, everybody's going to have really different soils. So you need to kind of um, evaluate what you have. Um, if you have really hard caliche soil, then you've got to break that up. Organic matter is definitely a, a way to assist also with clay soil. Um, if it's just sand, there's not a lot of um, uh, ability to exchange nutrients. So, you know, really getting a good base, a good, as we say, dirt. It's technically soil, okay? But Dirt is um, what you sweep up off your kitchen floor. Soil is what we grow that's plants right, that's There right. you go. Love you it. Know? And, I mean, I've somehow gotten this name of the dirt girl. The soil girl doesn't have the same ring, <laughs> no. so I'm going with it. But technically it's soil. So um, have you ever done that jar test before, Jay, Greg? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's really easy to evaluate what you have in your backyard by doing a soil test. You can just uh, Google it. Basically, you're mixing soil, water, a little bit of soap um, to um, to help the separation, and you let it sit for 24 hours, and you can read the layers of the jar, sand, silt, and clay. Um, but also, we got to talk about the porosity of the soil, um, which is so important, just as right. much as having the, the, the organic matter and the dirt um, is air and water, spaces for water to move, space for air to be. Those roots actually have to respire. They need oxygen. So if you have really dense soil without air, you're not going to have success. So make sure that you've got lots of aeration and drainage in there too, which is something that we t- we really aim for when we created the Farmer Greg's Mix, um, the mix that we recommend planting um, fruit trees and other gardens, um, any type of re- really garden or bedding plants can um, can use that mix. It's a perfect balance of all those things, organic matter, aeration, drainage, water holding ability, nutrients, and the beneficial microbes that we so carefully culture in our organic compost. And that's the fifth component. So we have the uh, dirt, organic matter, airspace, water, and everything that's alive in the soil. Yes. And uh, I just uh, interviewed Elliot Coleman for my podcast this last week. And Elliot Coleman is the guy in organic farming and gardening here in the country. He's amazing. He's uh, the, the interview was incredible on the podcast. And one of the things he told me is that, is that in a teaspoon of healthy soil – there's a billion things living, you know, yeah. microbes and that kind of – and that's just mind-blowing. Yes, indeed. How long did it take them to count all those? <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? How, and how do you count all those? Interns. <laughs> Interns, yeah, exactly. Slave, slave labor. Yeah. We, we can't see them, but they and they are the most thankless individuals. We take them for granted, but without healthy living microbes, um, bacterial, fungal in the soil, we could not grow plants. Just the same as our bodies, our guts could not live without bacteria and microbes in our bodies. So it's really, really similar. And I think we're starting to come back to recognizing that we need to foster the living microbes in our soil. But, um, but I can't talk about it enough. It's it's a really long food train 
food chain there in the dirt. And um, those microbes are like little sacks of fertilizer. They are munching down the organic matter that we put in, actually pooping it out, and that is the fertilizer for the plant. Um, The plants have a really special relationship, the roots do, with the microbes. And they kind of have a wonderful exchange going. The microbes say, oh, I, I will, you know, deposit my, um, my fertilizer, so to speak. Um, the, the plants um, feed the microbes with these sugars, these exudates from the roots. And um, so it's a wonderful symbiotic relationship. And you guys have a new expanded operation. So mm-hmm. going back a little bit to Tank's Green Stuff, you take and compost and mulch a lot yes. of Items that otherwise would have ended up in a landfill, turn it around, put it to good use and uh, developing great soil to grow in. And y'all have been doing that in Tucson for... Almost 10 years now. You know, Tank's Green Stuff gets his name from Jason's Tankersley, last name. Um, His nickname is Tank. And so he started seeing so much being wasted. About 100,000 plus cubic yards of organic matter every year we recycle. That's... Somebody did the quick math for me. It's around, you know, 17 or 18 stadiums, football stadiums full of organic matter that would otherwise go to the landfill. So it's really, really important that we preserve the life of our landfills, recycle everything that we possibly can. Organic matter is a highly recyclable material by making wood chips, mulch, organic compost, and returning those nutrients back to the soil. When we take away organic matter from the plants that um, would normally just deposit that leafy material, let it fall, it would naturally decompose because in nature. Because people take their blowers and they blow it all right. away and they oh, rake it all up and clean it's it all up. It's the worst. It's the worst. Like, Think come on, about people. <laughs> all that, that leafy material, that's nutrients. That's lost nutrients that we're taking oh. away and not replenishing. And it's also Where is away? And... That is the question. Uh, <laughs> away is a landfill. Yeah, right. You know, so really, please think about the effect of this. I know so much often we we just put it into a bin, it goes to the curb and goes away, and we don't have to think about it. But there's, and I could talk a lot about the the importance of preserving our landfill space. That's taxpayer money. That's, it affects our air, our water quality, everything around us, methane released into the atmosphere. But so let's use this beautiful organic matter. And a lot of people ask me, but you don't know what went into it. How do you know how that plant was cared for in the landscape? Well, the wonderful thing about composting that gets me so excited um, is that composting creates extremely high heat because of da, 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 the microbes. It's back to the microbes. They are the ones that create really high temperatures, 150, 160 degrees Fahrenheit. You could actually burn your hand by touching that hot mm-hmm. compost um, while it's compost while it's decomposing. Um, And it actually kills and breaks down any potential pathogens like E. coli, salmonella, coliform, and any potential contaminants like unfortunate herbicides or pesticides that have been sprayed. We, you know, we don't want to encourage that. We want to encourage organic methods that are healthy for the ecosystem, um, organic um, controls. But if you, if you have happened to, you know, have some material that's been contaminated, the the compost will break that down. Well, I think we need to to also differentiate between what is compost mm-hmm. versus mulch. Oh, yes. Versus, so yes. talk to that. Talk about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So a quick and easy, um, easy way to define them is that compost goes into the soil, mulch 
goes on top of the soil. Um, people call and say, I need mulch. And I say, what are you doing? They say, I'm amending the soil. I'm planting my vegetable gardens. And I say, actually, you need compost. If it's not fully decomposed and you put it into the soil, it will take a long time to break down. Well, and the- also, is, also robs the soil then of yes, what nutrients are exactly. there. exactly. So. It's called nitrogen robbing. And so it just takes a little while for those microbes to break it down. They will over time. But what you want now is your veggies, right? You want to grow your vegetables now and your fruit trees. So put in fully composted, um, um, something that's no longer in the decomposition process, um, plant, and then put mulch on the top. I have and, a, I have a mm-hmm. really quick way to know this. So yeah. grab a handful of whatever you want to add to your garden. And in looking at that handful of stuff, if you can identify more than about 10 or 15% of what's in there, sticks, leaves, that kind of stuff, I call that mulch. Mm-hmm. If you pick up a handful of it and it just looks like really great soil, that's your compost. That's your should smell like soil too. And it you, you can use like your nose. Too. You can use if it's, it's hot. If it has an ammonia odor to it, it's probably not compost yet. So you know all of those things mm-hmm. um, will tell you mm-hmm. if it truly is. Compost. There's a lot of things out there for sale that say compost on them that aren't yes, composted. That's correct. <clears throat> and they, and and the rules for calling it compost. Quite frankly, or not exactly. Somewhat vague. Yeah, somewhat fake. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to put it. So, so just because it says compost on it, too, doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that it really truly is composted yeah. enough mm-hmm. that, uh, mm-hmm. that you should probably till it into the soil, which is another good reason for getting your soil in your garden prepped long before you're ready to plant. So... It's going to be 108 or 9 degrees today. I don't recommend anybody go out and buy new broccoli starts or cabbage right. starts and stick them in the soil today anyway. But it would be a great time to get out and get some compost and start working it into the soil. Absolutely. Even if you thought you did it last year, it's gone. It's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. solubilized. When it's 110 all summer, those organic materials get get taken up into the soil, but they also solubilize. I mean, they just disappear mm-hmm. uh, in our high heat. They don't, we don't get enough rain. We don't get, so you've got to do it all. The, mm-hmm. You may not have to do as much every year, mm-hmm. but you've got to do some here in the, in the desert after a long, hot summer. And with bulk orders aside, these usually come in bags that are a cubic yard. How much? No, no, a couple cubic feet. Cubic yeah. feet. Did I say yard? Cubic yard. Yeah. You couldn't, well, that, you well, couldn't pick a concrete truck. You couldn't pick that up hour. in a bag. <laughs> you, can yes. get, you can get totes that yeah. are cubic yard. Yes. Yeah. So most of the time, when you're at the local nursery, when you're at your local Ace or hardware store, you'll pick up bags that are one cubic foot. You could carry that, um, and we sell that, you know, by the cubic foot. Um, but you can also get compost and soil by the cubic yard. Um, obviously, if you need to add a lot of organic matter to your soil if you need to you know install a new garden you're going to want to buy it in bulk it's far more cost effective but one cubic uh foot that's in the the sack that we see Mm -hmm. what kind of coverage am i going to get on the ground is that enough for me to have a a square foot garden that's a 10 by 10 is that a how, how many inches you Are know, generally looking? you want to put two to three inches of compost over, over you know, um, each season. 
over the top of the soil. Some people like to kind of work it in a tiny bit. Others prefer a no-till method and just want to plant, you know, but that's for, for gardens that have been built over time that mm-hmm. you, you know, you have healthy soil there. Um, you can put down the compost and kind of um, it'll, it'll work its way in. You can plant right in it, but yeah, so around two to three inches, but you may need to reapply for those heavy feeders or use an organic fertilizer midway through the season or prep with the organic fertilizer. There's so many different types of organic fertilizer. We have one called Supermix Organic Fertilizer, which contains some beautiful Hickman's um, organic um, chicken manure pellets. Yeah, um, I'm going to throw one in here because I can speak like you guys can't. Buy Hickman's, buy tanks. It's local. It's better. Yeah. Use them both. Making our way through the outdoor living hour. Had no idea there was a billion things living in a teaspoon of healthy soil. Brought that to a whole new level at this Saturday's broadcast. What exactly that means, all things living outdoors. No kidding. Perfect planting season. Uh, Yes, it is. Get your gardens ready. And... As we went to break, you said Hickman's and Tank's Green Stuff. It's local. It's good. It's organic. Where do I find it? Good question. We were just um, talking about all the places you can buy 50-pound bags of Hickman's. Well, you can go on uh, the Farm's Choice website, The Farm's Choice, and there's a list of retailers where it's available all over the state. We have some nurseries in Tucson. We have... Uh, nursery in uh, Christopher's Gardens in the Pine Top Lakeside area. Plant Fair Nursery in uh, in uh, Star, Star Valley. Valley. Uh, we have folks in Prescott. We have folks all over the valley, Tucson. So, number of outlets and locations where you can find various products of Hickman's. So, mm-hmm. organic compost. We have organic compost, and we have organic fertilizer. Both. So, the fertilizer f- pellets. Fertilizer crumbles and compost. Mm-hmm. And you gave a great equation during the break about how many cubic feet will cover a ten square our, foot. Our area. old Harper's Nursery recipe that Rosie used very successfully over all the years t- took about twelve six two cubic foot bags, roughly twelve cubic feet for a ten by ten garden, incorporated into the soil uh, was kind of our rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And then Tank's Green Stuff. Uh, recently, it's it's now available up in the Phoenix market as well. It's been, in, like you said, in Tucson about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you uh, are in Tucson or you wish to travel and visit us in Tucson, we'll load you up in your truck or trailer um, or deliver directly to you by um, the pickup load, semi-load, anything in between. Um, it is in bags uh, all over, um, you know, not just the organic compost, but the organic potting mix, um, cactus mix, um, beloved by Desert Botanical Garden and many others um woody mulch fine composted mulch organic fertilizer we've built all these beautiful soils so there's a product for every gardener's purpose um as well as the farmer greg's mix um, which we've developed with the urban farm so all over the southern arizona um in 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 tucson in local ace hardware stores is a very common place to find it Um, most of the nurseries in southern arizona quite a number um and growing in the phoenix area and um hopefully beyond very soon 
soon. So ask for it at your local nursery. Um, they can find us at tanksgreenstuff.com. You can just go to the Get Tanks on the top and zoom into your area to find out where to, to locate um, bags. But you can also get it in bulk in Phoenix area. Um, recently, uh, Diggit Gardens is a wonderful small nursery in central Phoenix. They have a growing yard in southern Phoenix um, near South Mountain, and they can deliver to you or you can pick up uh, tanks organic compost, fine composted mulch, or woody um, woody mulch, as Greg calls it, uh, decorative wood chips, are all available in Phoenix now. So we're really excited to be able to serve people in a small bag size or in bulk. Plus, Barry's True Value Hardware at 12th Street and Northern carries it by the bag. So you can, uh, if you're just looking for bags, you can get it there as well. Yes, as well as the Farmer Greg's tree and garden planting mix. And all of this soil is, you know, it's only, whatever we're growing is only as good as the soil we make. What about Keith? We won't take him on air because we're tight on time, but he's an anthem and he wants to plant a lime tree. Mm. You know, anthem, you're kind of on the hill, you got a lot of rocky soil. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so go to... uh, Does he need to start with dynamite before he gets to Greg's (laughs) big? He might need a jackhammer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, Go to Urban... Uh, urbanfarm.org and go to our fruit tree program. I give lots of classes. Uh, I have two free classes online and in person. So you want to plant a fruit tree and three ways to kill your fruit trees. Um, So, you know, that's definitely do that. Here it is real quickly. You dig a 24 inch wide by 14 inch deep hole and put and take the native soil out, add 40% native soil back in 60% planting mix uh, I always like to add worm castings, azomite, and mycorrhiza, which helps supplement the soil in the hole um, and plant like that. And, Jay, we've talked about it many times. Most of the time when holes are dug, they're dug too deep. You and really got to watch sinking. the depth. Yep. So, yep. you know, measure the, con- measure the root or the soil level in the container. Not the and container itself. Not mm-hmm. the container itself. Where's the soil line going to be? And that soil line cannot be any deeper than your finished grade. In fact, it should probably be a little bit higher. Because once you it should settles. Add, and, and it'll settle a little bit. Of course, it won't settle as much if you don't dig any deeper. And then add some wood chips or mulch or compost on top around that so that the root ball is not exposed. Yeah. But, yeah, more trees are probably killed by planting too deep than any other mm-hmm. reason. Well, planting here. too deep and overwatering. Well, they kind of go hand in hand because if yeah, it's too do. deep, it's going to be more apt yeah, to be overwatered do. as well. But mm-hmm. I, I have – so I do my fruit tree program, and I teach people how to plant and grow fruit trees here in the valley. And one of the – my rules is a 6-6 six, six rule. Six inches of woody mulch, six-inch diameter basin is an absolute must. Jay Harper of the Farm's Choice. Thank you. Emily Rocky. Rocky. I'm not. I'm, gonna get, I'm never going to forget that now. Tanks, green stuff, and Farmer Greg. Uh, next we're, week we're going to be at the Great American Seed Up, GreatAmericanSeedUp.org. We're going to come to you live from there, all about seeds and planting seeds in a seed bazaar. Heirloom, organic, yep, natural seeds. Yeah. Next week, GreatAmericanSeedUp.com. Dot com and dot org. Dot org. Okay. Yeah.